Hey everybody, it's me, producer Zach, and we are back with season two of Cover Stories. I want to say thanks to all of our listeners and supporters. We've had really good support and feedback. We're stoked about starting this next season. We have a new intro song. We've got mini episodes coming in between regular episodes, so every other week uh, you get to hear a lot more from me in the intros. I mean, the production's just gone up. Everything's everything's coming up in Millhouse. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll have videos posting the same week as the episodes. We're going to have our shirts on sale on the website, CoverStoriesPod.com. We're having them $5 off to celebrate Season 2. If this is your first time listening, or maybe you've been listening for a while and you just haven't had a chance to yet, it would help us out a bunch if you could leave a review, a rating on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. There's a bunch of them. Now, having said all of that, allow me to introduce this episode. This week, Eric's talking to Nick from Fishbrain. He's going to be covering J. Frank Wilson and the Cavaliers version of the song Last Kiss. And we'd also like to point out, Fishbrain has a show coming up Saturday, January 18th at Sancho's. And on that same day, they're releasing a single, Dirty Politicians. So go check them out, give the song a listen, and here's the episode. All right, welcome back to Cover Stories. My name is Eric. I've got my producer, Zach, here. Hello. Today, we've got Nick from the band Fishbrain, and he will be covering uh, J. Frank Wilson and the Cavaliers' version of the song, Last Kiss. How's it going? How's it going? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being on. Uh, We really appreciate having you on. Uh, This is going to be fun. This This song's interesting because there's so many versions of it. Yeah. They all kind of sound the same, but they're all, like, unique in their own way. Yeah. Um, so just to start off with, uh, w- what's your relationship with this song? Well, the first time I ever heard this song, um, I want to say I was on a road trip. And I remember I was with my parents. They were listening to, I think it was a Pearl Jam version one. Yeah. And uh, man, I remember just like freaking out. Being like, yeah. wow, that was the saddest song I've ever yeah. heard. <laughs> and uh, my dad was like, well, that's not the original. And you know, he's a music, music buff. He's oh, a radio yeah. head. He, he knows everything about every song ever. But uh, yeah, so then I really... I really liked the unique, like, darkness to it, but it's also, like, so tender and, like, yeah. um, sad. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the first sad song I ever, like, understood while I was listening to it. Because there's so many sad songs, but if you don't really analyze the lyrics, yeah. it doesn't really bum me out. But that one, like, yeah, hit home for me, and I still think about it all the time. No, I, I feel the exact same way. I think the first time I heard it was the, uh, the Pro Jam version, too. Um, so you're going to do, uh, J Frank Wilson's version and that's actually the second version. The original was done by a guy named Wayne Cochran. And, uh, have you heard like the original original? I guess not then. No. Um, Why not? he recorded in 61 and hearing it now almost sounds like that's a cover of the pro jam or the cover of the, the J Frank Wilson version because it's a little bit faster and they've got this kind of like, it sounds like a drum machine. It doesn't sound like a real drum. And it, it almost sounds kind of, I don't want to say rushed, but it's just compared to the other versions, it's a little bit faster. Interesting. Um, but apparently he wrote it because he lived close to this highway in Georgia where there was always like teen accidents. Yeah. So he got the inspiration for it. Um, so what do you like about the, the J. Frank Wilson version? Uh, I like just the full band. It kind of sounds surfy. It has like yeah. a weird twanginess to it. 
I try to bring that. Uh, me and my band, Fish Brain, we'll like we cover that song. If there's one cover we do a night, it's that one. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. We like hearing people sing along too. Oh yeah, and everyone knows the words. Even if you didn't know the words, it's like you know the words after you hear it. Yeah, it's one of those songs. Yeah, you're exactly right. I feel like not to say that it's predictable, but it definitely has. It's really easy to memorize once yeah. you hear it. Um, so when when Concord recorded it, um, the year after that, there was this like famous um teen car crash where uh, this woman what was her name Jeanette Clark died in this crash and, this, and she was on a date with her her boyfriend and uh, he dedicated it to her the second verse he recorded a second version and in that second version uh, there was a, a promoter in Texas that got a hold of it and showed it to the Cavaliers and Jay Frank Wilson wasn't in the band at that time right. so they brought him back to record it yeah. so it's, it's kind of cool they're definitely the first ones to popularize it and I think they went number two on the charts. And oh. they're, the only one that was uh, well, ahead of them was Baby Love by the Supremes. Yeah, great song. Yeah. How could you beat Baby Love? You know? <laughs> it's it's cool, though. It's, it's interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot of songs where, like, the cover ends up being bigger than the original. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, examples of, like, covers that you, like, you know, do you just like? Uh, I really like Scarlet Begonias by Sublime. Oh, yeah? Like, I, I never really liked Grateful Dead, and when I heard, realized that they wrote that song, I was like, oh, those dudes are badass. Yeah. <laughs> and Sublime's cool for, like, uh, modernizing it or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't... I'm such... I'm Grateful Dead's one of my blind spots. I didn't even know that exactly. was a Grateful Dead they song. They have so much music. <laughs> it it blows so my mind, yeah. I think A Touch of Grey, because that was, like, their biggest hit, and that's yeah. all I can name off the top of my head. They're good. They're good. I like them. They've grown on me over the years. Oh, yeah? A little more honky-tonky, but yeah. I get down, you know. What, uh, what other bands were kind of an influence on you as a musician? Well, like uh, when I first started playing music, it was reggae in general. Oh, cool. Yeah, I fell in love with it. I don't really understand why. But um, And then from there on, it was, uh, you know, classic rock. My dad's records I would go through. I really liked Super Tramp. Oh, still, yeah. I still love Super Tramp. Those dudes blow my mind. Um, you know, the, the basics like Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah. I liked all that stuff, but... uh. I think what really influenced my playing was probably more like, believe it or not, more like Blink-182. Oh, yeah? Dudes. Yeah, I really like liked their simplicity, the message yeah. they get across. And of course, they were like younger, and I'm, I'm younger too. So It's it's kind of unavoidable, I feel like, with, with our generation, and, and that's definitely like your gateway into guitar. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, like, like, I could do that, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's uh, obtainable in a way. Yeah. And Tom DeLonge pretty much writes lullabies with like distortion. <laughs> For real. It's beautiful what he does. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, you, you were into Zeppelin, those, those kind of classic rock bands. Um, what are some of your favorite songs from that era? From that era? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. I really liked the one uh, Jimi Hendrix did a song. He did it with a band of gypsies. I think it's called, uh, oh, man, I'm going to totally blank it out here. It's called uh, The Power of Love. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Super groovy, super funky, and um, I just really like that whole Band of Gypsies album, honestly. That that album, like, still today really, really, really touches me. That's awesome. Yeah. When did when did you first hear that? When you were, like, a kid? Uh, it was actually, no, I was a little older. It, uh-huh. was, it was around the time I was, like, Dad, can I just go through all your records? Yeah. <laughs> and I'd just borrow, like, ten at a time and bring them back and then borrow ten more. But he had that Band of Gypsies album, and it, I want to say it's all a live recording. Oh, cool. Masterpiece. That's awesome. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 29. 29? Okay. So we're, we're close in age. Um, so we kind of grew up around the same time. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that the classic rock was kind of coming back again in the late 90s when we were probably like first. Definitely. 
listening to music. What uh, what kind of current bands do you listen to that you feel kind of influence you a little bit? Right now, I mean, current bands, I, I'm more like the A La Laws, oh, yeah. the Growlers. Um, I really like um, a lot of bands, Beach Fossils. Oh, yeah? Um, Boyo came through recently and played at Paper Tiger. And I was kind of on the fence and was like, oh, I, think, yeah. I think I like it. It's a little newer. Um, it sounds kind of electronic. But they came and did everything live on like guitars and that's awesome it was great I was mind blown i'm glad you said that because when I, I sometimes i feel like i'm out of touch with a lot of things but you a lot of your recordings like i listened to your latest dp fish brain's latest dp 2020 right right remind me a lot of black lips oh, cool. um like early black lips before they had a saxophone player and all that right. um and i was obsessed with the black lips oh, you know, me too in college cool. heck yeah yeah so i mean i feel like a lot of those bands you mentioned kind of came after and it was like the next step up from there right exactly but that's really cool um so going back to the song uh when you cover this song do you try to put your own take on it or do you feel like you try to go off of the original um i i guess i try to do my own take and it actually does come out kind of eddie vetterish oh yeah yeah mostly because uh for the longest time i would just do it by myself at like open mics or something oh, cool. like that i started really thinking about it and people would come up and tell me like that was such a you know beautiful rendition of the song. I really like that song. I haven't heard that in a long time. And I, I always think, like, well, that's why I ride my bike. Yeah. I'm kind of terrified of cars, and I don't really like to use them if I don't need to. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a waste. It's like uh, some people drive for hours every day just to go to and from work. Yeah. And, like, I feel bad for them. <laughs> I don't have to do that at all. I just ride my bike everywhere to school, to work, to my friend's house, to the strip. Yeah. Free parking. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Um, I have a rule. I don't ever pay for parking on the strip or downtown. And right. it can I, get hard downtown, especially. Yeah. Well, after six, they're free. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that makes it a little easier. But then it's like limited. Yeah. So after six, it's a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I feel like it's hard to listen to this song. If I last night I listened to all the versions that I could find, and it's hard to not think of Eddie Vedder's version first. I know, because his sounds more sixties than the other versions do. Mm-hmm. And he, his his crooning is just very like on point and very like on brand with the song. And I don't know, it just it, listening to the older versions, it just kind of feels like it feels like you know when you play rock band and they don't have the actual song, they have like the cover. Yeah, that's what it feels like, exactly. even though that's the original. I know it's crazy. Like he channeled <laughs> the song and the spirit yeah. better than they did. Yeah. Um, do you know how he came about? How they decided to do that? I have no idea. I was reading that he found the single of it, the Cavaliers version in like some antique mall when they were on tour and um he showed it to the band and he convinced the band to do it and they actually recorded that version in a uh what's it called a soundtrack wow and um they put it on this like benefit cd for kosovo refugees right and it, that also went number two dang number one was uh a j-lo song i can't oh. remember what it was <laughs> j-lo dang you <laughs> i just thought that was interesting i mean it's just like it's almost simulation like like both of those songs went number two and couldn't get to number yeah, one. It's pretty crazy. You, you, we talked about the Pro Jam version. Were there other any other like '90s bands that you're into? Oh God, I was so into '90s music. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll still be driving and like I'll catch myself singing like Smash Mouth. Oh yeah, and Sugar Ray, and I'm like, oh, I love these songs. Yeah, they don't go away. Um, but you know, I, I liked more heavier music when I was younger. Um, gr- growing up in high school, I started in at Corpus Christi, uh-huh. and there has there's a really heavy like modern rock, like almost heavy metal scene. When cool. I was growing up there, anyways, it might have changed a little bit. 
But um, so bands like Kitty and oh, System yeah. of a Down would yeah. come through, and I would go to those. I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like that was definitely a San Antonio thing too. Exactly. First song I ever played with the, my friend was "Sugar" by System of a Down. Oh, nice! Because it's so it's three notes, it's three chords. <laughs> great song. I remember one time at a bar um, when I was younger, my friend got kicked out for doing karaoke of "Sugar." Oh, he was, really? He was just bringing too much energy. <laughs> They're like, sir, you gotta go. Man, I don't think I've ever seen anybody get kicked out. Of I a know bar he that. he was really like confused. He's like, I thought I was putting on a show, and I was like, you were. I don't they know why they it. they couldn't at all. The crazy song though. Do you like to karaoke at all? Yeah, yeah, I get down. Um, me and my friends from Five Points Local, where I work right now, I oh, cook, cool. cook there, and um, they love open mic nights and karaoke nights. So we try to hit one up every week if we can. Awesome. What's uh, what's one of your go to songs for karaoke? Yeah, uh, my girlfriend asked me this the other day. Um, <laughs> Benny and the Jets is kind oh, of yeah? a go to. I'm like, also people sing along. They don't even know the words. You know, you'll yeah. catch them like just singing the melody. Though. Yeah, it's a good party song for sure. Um, have you seen Rocket Man? I did not. No, um, I, it's really good. I heard good things. Recommend it. So, are you are you into Elton John generally, or just that song? Yeah, I just it's kind of a go to karaoke song. Yeah, I like Elton John though. He's a great guy, great songwriter. He's somebody. Growing up, I always associated him with Lion King, and then I got older and realized, like, oh no, like there's these <laughs> other songs that fucking rule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. It's not just a bunch of like silly love songs. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to you know. We've talked about your band. How how would you describe like what's the best way you find to describe your band? Um one of the last places we played at labeled us dreamy indie pop. Oh yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um we always said it was kind of like indie surf music. Uh-huh. We don't get too Dick Dale on it. We stick yeah. closer to the indie side. But um I mean it's we try to also blend genres. We we love playing, you know, um more honky tonk sounds or reggae sounds or um, faster punk songs. Yeah. So we try not to stick to it. We we really feel like that's boxing it in. Yeah. Like, I feel like today it's it's so difficult to really describe any bands with just one genre now. Yeah, I've seen bands with like 10 sub <laughs> subgenres and they stick to it. They're like, that's our sound. Yeah. Alternative, dance, cumbia, psycho. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dang. I, I like, uh, and you definitely, I, I could hear like a lot of I mean, it might not be reverb exactly, but it sounds reverbish and like yeah, yeah. you have that dreamy is a, a good way to describe a lot of that. When in talking about like the Alalas and the Growlers and bands like that, um, those are obviously big bands in like the indie scene. We don't really see a lot of big rock bands anymore. Do you feel there's a reason for that? Do you feel like this is because it's lower, it's, it, because it's more underground, quote unquote, it's cooler. What do you feel like is a reason for That's that? That's a good question. Actually, I do think, and this is maybe like my conspiracy mind, <laughs> I do think that it, like the mainstream music is going away from the instruments and multiple band members yeah. just because it's cheaper, I think. Like they could put a person on a stage, play a track on like the PA system, and then charge $100 a ticket for yeah. a stadium that's sold out. Yeah. Whereas if you get a band when there's seven talented people and they need their gear, they need to get on a plane and they need the gear there still. I would just think it's easier to have like a DJ kind of like yeah. electronic <laughs> sounds and then the person like doing the stage performance. It's a shame though. I mean, I still like to go and see a band at the Majestic or something if yeah. I can. If I can get a day off of work, you know. Yeah. Um, um, there's like a romanticism about that, you know. And big time. It's, uh, we hear, I, I listen to a lot of music podcasts where they, they talk about that and, 
they kind of say it like it's a, it's a bad thing that mainstream rock isn't really a thing anymore, and I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think it's it's it is what it is, and you've got big followings. I mean, the Growlers sold out in like a yeah. week or two. Yeah, everyone loves the Growlers. Right yeah, now. they're doing really well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, I think that I mean, obviously, like a, a place like Paper Tiger is not like an arena, but right. Who cares? You I know? know people. People <laughs> don't want to sit down in an arena. Yeah, I, I personally, I'm always bummed out. I'm like, oh, cool, we're all gonna be sitting. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. There's a there's a Simpsons episode where Otto is. Do you watch the Simpsons? Yeah, yeah. So Otto is at a concert and everyone's standing up. And he's like, sit down. I can't <laughs> see. Yeah, yeah. I, true, true. There yeah. are those people. And it's, yeah, know, fair enough, fair enough. That's why they have the layers. So that yeah. They get your seat what was the, the last like big arena show you went to oh god I, I couldn't even say honestly it's been a long time oh yeah big arena shows i did see uh no it was jonathan wilson i saw him with my dad at uh, the aztec uh-huh. and uh, my dad's a huge jonathan and jonathan wilson fan he's kind of like a like got that more modern tool sound okay it was really good i, I liked it a lot I, shout I, out to my dad love you dad <laughs> what uh what are some of his favorite bands like what are the bands oh that god he he's the king of obscure music i couldn't even tell you what he likes right now oh really yeah, yeah. every time i go he, he's yeah, have you heard this band the last band he did show me was that band they sound like ac no not ac they sound exactly like led zeppelin oh yeah but it's oh, like a bunch of fleet that was it yeah <laughs> he knew them way before right before they blew up or whatever yeah and i was like then i saw them on colbert or something yeah like, i was like wow those guys do sound exactly like us. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's funny. We, we've talked about them in a previous episode, and um, I don't know how I feel about them personally. I mean, if if you like it, cool. Like, it's 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 a good nostalgia kind of thing. I think it's interesting, though, when we, we talk a lot about how, like, music trends cycle, and, like, oh, yeah. the 90s was kind of, re- not recycling, but cycling a lot of the 70s rock kind of Definitely. attitude, and now I feel like it's coming back again. Um, what are some bands that you feel like newer bands that, that have kind of mimicked that cycle? Oh man. Um, let's see. I thought La Luz. Oh yeah. They really jumped on like the psyche surf. Yeah. And they went on and they destroyed it too. I mean, they did a great job. I love their music. I, I love, I realized in the last 10 years, I love sixties girl groups. Yeah. And now that there are a lot of girl bands doing that and they add a little distortion. Oh yeah. Oh, it's fucking awesome. Um, are you into like, like, Vivian girls and like Dum Dum girls, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, big time. I uh, I feel like I feel like that music should be way more popular than it is. Yeah, I mean it's probably way bigger uh, out of Texas. Yeah, we don't really have a huge surf culture. Yeah, really, but I would imagine in Florida and California. Yeah, like, they blasted it. Well, all best the time. Best Coast got pretty huge. They did. That's true. That's um, true. I like. I think the first time I heard them was 2011, and I think by 2014 they were like on red carpets because their music was in movies and stuff. It's a really cool. Uh, it's really cool to see that. Yeah, it's inspiring. Yeah, little, little three piece band. Yeah, for sure. They, um, the first time I saw them was in San Antonio. Oh yeah, with the Growlers and the Alalas all in one night. Oh wow! At the Corova when that was. Still. Wow. I know. I was like, wow. Props to Corova. Was, was that like twenty twelve? Awesome yeah, some somewhere in there. Oh wow! It was in the parking lot, and they had like this huge tent covering the whole parking lot. Oh, was that part of like amazing. a spillover? Yeah, I think it was South. Park. Oh man. Yeah, I miss. I wish they still did that somewhere. Oh, I know. I know we get like a little bit of the ACL spillover. But Paper not Tiger s- does it. Yeah. yeah, and they do a good job. Yeah, for sure. So you've been in San Antonio since you were fourteen. Um, how do you feel it, uh, when it comes to the actual scene itself? Um, so you've been playing with Fishbrain for how long? 
It's probably been almost 10 years. Almost 10 years? It's been like at least eight. Cool. How, how do you feel it's changed here, music scene-wise? Um, it's hard to see it from my perspective. Mm-hmm. I think at first I was just playing at places where my friends worked and stuff, oh, yeah. like get on a stage just for a second or open mics. We did that a lot. Full band. Cause we didn't have any gigs. You know, oh, we, didn't, awesome. we didn't know how to do it when we were starting out. I mean, it's matured a lot in San Antonio. I feel like, um, contracts is, have gotten bigger, which is great. Everything used to be word of mouth or whatever. And Facebook messages, yeah. and Instagram messages. Yeah. I was like, oh, can I get an email or, <laughs> um, something? Um, but now, you know, I don't know. People are helping my friend Ben, um, from Evet has a awesome little company that he's starting from the ground up, like oh, a little cool. tech thing. And it's supposed to guarantee, uh, payments on shows for artists. And it's supposed to also connect like the artists with the venues and promoters. And I think that's what San Antonio really needs is like a solid network. Yeah. San Antonio creatives who are trying to connect and put on shows and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of lacking here and there still. Definitely. Especially compared to other cities. I, I, I feel like from when I was in high school, it, it definitely, there was a DIY aspect to it. Um, that was really kind of cool. And I don't know if it's just because I've gotten older, I just don't see it as much, but I do see a lot of kids going out more and being a little bit more open-minded about things. And I think that's kind of cool what I've seen recently. Yeah. I mean, people go out to all types of shows and yeah. I, I like that. And people are trying to put on more diverse shows with, um, you know, a rapper and then a yeah. rock group and then some sort of electronic DJ or something. I think that's a good way to do it too is, don't don't have a metal show with 40 <laughs> metal bands it's like come on there's some other stuff and there's some grunge in there at least yeah try to broaden the range of people who will show up yeah and then everyone have a good time and i think that's something that's interesting about just music in general now people complain about there not being a mainstream rock band that's because music is so diverse now i feel and these music festivals is, are a testament to that because there'd be like 10 different types of bands playing and everyone goes for every one of them you know yeah. I think it's really cool, and it's definitely a far cry from like I'm sure when we were growing up, and there'd be 15 bands, and all of them sounded exactly the same, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Um, what are what are some local bands here that you you've kind of gotten into? Yeah, we've made friends with a lot of bands. Uh, Fishbrain plays a lot with um, Baldemar. We like to play with um, Opaque Ghost. Shout out to those dudes. Um, we played a show at Lemon Disco not too long ago. Those guys are really cool. Um, and really it's, I, when I see a show and I go to a show and if I see a band that I'm like, I like that, I was moving my head the whole time, yeah. I was tied my foot. I'm like, I'm going to reach out. I'm gonna give them my card. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause you never know. I mean, maybe they're looking for gigs and they can't find any. Yeah. I'll shoot them a message and try to set something up. It's awesome that there's that sense of you know camaraderie. It's, I mean, you guys aren't like going and trying to sabotage each other and like you're working together to get the yeah, same things. We want to. I mean, if. If everyone would do that, the San Antonio music would become a more progressive and um, successful like part of San Antonio. Yeah, for sure. But there is a lot of com- competition, and it, that's good. Yeah, I think healthy competition is awesome, and for sure. you should have like a reason to want to keep doing what you're doing. Competition really helps. Yeah, definitely. Um, what are what are some of your favorite places to play here? See, we really like Limelight. It's an awesome place. Um, shout out to you, Derek. Uh, 502 bar also Derek um, shout out love your love your places uh, we've been trying to stick it to more like around Hondro's oh, the yeah. little garden patio we've played um, we've been wanting to play that bowling alley 
We thought that'd be really, yeah, we thought that'd be so cool. Shoot some bowling. Yeah. You know, maybe hit a bar. I don't even know. I've never been there yet. Near if we could, we would love to play some spots like that. Um, we played at like Burleson Beer Yard. Yeah. Great spot. Um, with like amazing drink selection and met we always meet people too when we're out and about and we really like that about San Antonio. Yeah. People will just see us with guitars in our hands and they walk right up. They're like, What's <laughs> up? What's your band? What are y'all gonna do? <laughs> We love that about San Antonio. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm glad you mentioned those places because, I mean, people, a lot of people I talk to, they talk about, you know, the venues here. When it comes to bringing bands in, a lot of the same venues are the only ones that really attract these bands or so-and-so or whatever. But like you mentioned, Herman and Sons, um, I didn't even know they put on shows. I've I, seen some some shows. I've seen yeah. some flyers. So I, I just yeah, just just a few days ago was the first time I saw like a flyer, and I was like, wow, I didn't. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And Burleson's such a great place for that because I mean the atmosphere is so good there. Um, I like you know just being outside. It's nice yeah. when it's not super hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's getting nice outside now. Yeah, finally. Yeah, it's fun to see. You know, it's, it's fun to talk to to bands and and you know about the scene here and and you know, the way it's growing and, and, you know, it's expanding. I mean, a few of those places you mentioned aren't downtown, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Everything used to just be downtown. And now, I mean, you've got like 502 bar in the Northeast side and mm-hmm. you've got like imagine on the Northwest side. Oh, we did just play imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we love them. We, we love hanging out there. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's, it's so, it's like a breath of fresh air. And it's one of those things I wish I live, I grew up on the Northwest side. So cool. It would have been cool if they, if that was something that we had back then. I know. I'm surprised uh, they when they moved locations. I was I was expecting them to go. Downtown, oh yeah, honestly. But <laughs> but uh, I love their new spot. They kind of have like a stage. I don't know if you've seen it. No, so I haven't been to the new one yet. No. It's really cool. It's worth the checkout. That's cool. Awesome. Shout out to Imagine, Re- Imagine Records. Going back to the song "Last Kiss." Um, how do you feel about this, this type of song itself? I mean, it's very straightforward. It's a literal story. Um, when it comes to music, you know, you're, you're a vocalist and you're, you're the lead singer, right? Um, yeah. Okay. I, I just want to make sure. Correct. Um, but yeah, so when you, when it comes down to that, when, when you're songwriting type, do you feel it's better to, or what do you prefer? Like the more literal where you're telling a story or something more like metaphorical? I think if I could, I would write literal songs oh, because yeah. the metaphors c- can be confusing. Yeah. Not everybody interprets things the same, which is good too sometimes. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've written songs that I thought were really uh, metaphorical but straightforward and then you know someone like my girlfriend will be like that is not the message i got from that. <laughs> and, and it's good to give feedback like that yeah. but uh, if i could write as beautiful a song as this you know i'd write songs like that all the time and and it's, it's so interesting about this song because like it, it almost like you could read this and not think it's a song because it's yeah. almost like he's just saying it but the way it's put together is just perfect it's a beautiful poem it reminds me have you ever read on the road i have not so all my life, you know, I've, I've been told on the road, Jack Kerouac, this is a great piece of American literature. And I guess I was expecting it more to be more metaphorical, but it's literally him just saying what happened. Wow. We got in the car, we went here. And like, maybe because I had so much, I, I thought it was going to be more like, okay, there's going to be like a hidden message. But yeah, it's yeah. so literal, it kind of took me out of it. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, maybe I just, I, I think if I didn't have those preconceived notions, I probably would have appreciated it more. Yeah. But uh, that's how I kind of feel about the song a little bit, only it's so catchy and you hear it once and, you know, it's going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people after we play it and I hear them singing it and they're all like, what is that song? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know the words, you don't know that yeah. song. But that's how songs are. 
Yeah. A lot of times I catch, like I said, Smash Mouth or something, maybe stuck in my head, and I'm just like, I can't get it out. (laughs) Great song. Yeah. um, So, you know, when you're talking about your writing and making these these kind of metaphors, how do you feel about, and there's this concept of the death of the author where once you put a song out, whatever your original interpretation is doesn't really matter because it all depends on what the fans or anybody who listens to it. How do you feel about that in in that sense that, that, you know, if someone's going to take something completely different from what you're saying, how do you feel about that being the originator of it? Well, um, like I was saying, I think that's fine. I think it's, um, because I don't know, like, um, just every word, especially English language, every word is so vague and basic compared to other languages. So it makes sense that, something maybe sad can be interpreted as something like positive and happy or, or just English and languages in general can be very confusing. Yeah. And that's what you're doing is just reading words and um, people might even mishear the words. When I was younger, I would totally just butcher a song. Uh, I thought I knew that song. It was only until like I started doing karaoke at Benny and the Jets. Yeah. This song's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. What uh other than Benny and Jets, what's one that you remember that you may have been singing wrong for years and oh, before you found out it was wrong? Way too many of them. I, <laughs> I can't even think of one in particular, but just really basic songs by like Nirvana. Yeah. And I would just butcher it. I didn't know any of the words, but I'd be belting it loud in the car with my mom. And yeah. She would be laughing and she'd stop and be like, What are you saying? Yeah. So I'm singing the song, mom. I mean it smells like teen spirit. I didn't know the words until maybe a few years ago yeah. or at least i thought i knew the words until right. a few years ago a great example um i mean everything like the mosquito i didn't know like he says mosquito i thought he says like something completely i don't remember what i thought now but uh it's just so funny to go back with a lot of those like classic songs and no one knows those words yeah you kind of like weird owl it on accident yeah yeah you're <laughs> filling in the blanks for sure uh my brother there's do you remember the edwin mccain song um i'll be I don't think I'll so. I'll be your crying shoulder. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. My brother, when we were kids, used to think it was crying solar. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's exactly. like, no, it's like a metaphor, man. Like, you don't you don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, those aren't the words, man. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember, I have a memory of uh, in Corpus, my friend's dad hated Jimi Hendrix, and we would be listening to it. And he has a line, um, until I kiss the sky. Yeah. He was like kissing guys. It's like not cool, not in my house. And we had to be like, pull out the lyrics, let's show them. <laughs> There's a there was a website called kissthisguy.com, which was just misheard lyrics. Yeah, you ever been? I've going never to? heard that. No, it's so funny. I don't know if it's still up, but I remember pre like social media days. This is what we would do online. We'd That's go funny. on, other than like printing out like anime stuff to draw or like video game codes yeah, yeah. we'd go to misheard lyrics and uh, one of my favorites was uh fly by sugar ray the song goes uh my brother my mother god rest her soul and someone yeah. thought it was my mother has breast of gold oh that's so funny so it would get to the point where i would sing that out loud sometimes yeah it's funny we do that <laughs> we do that at work too a lot like on the line in a kitchen oh just, yeah just kill us i'm tired of hearing it so i'll just <laughs> Make fun of it until someone changes it. Do you ever do the karaoke? Do you change the words to? Not on purpose. Not if on I purpose. do, I'm just had had too many margaritas or whatever. I went um a few weeks ago and I did Mrs. Robinson, the Lemonheads version, and I changed the words to David Robinson, and everyone really was into it. Yeah, that's a good one, San Antonio favorite. Yeah, yeah, I was I was really happy about the response. That's awesome. Um, there's a guy I, I saw online who 
recorded himself doing karaoke of uh, Creep by Radiohead, and he changed the words to Meryl Streep, Robert De Niro. That's awesome. (laughs) So I started doing it, but either no one noticed or no one thought it was funny because I didn't get a good good response from that. They're like, he's never heard this song Yeah. (laughs) Can he read? The words are right there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, just the, the scene in general and then, you know, how, it, how it's going from here and how it's grown. As far as Fist Brain as a band, are, are, do you guys tour a lot outside of San Antonio? We haven't really played any outside of San Antonio oh, yeah. that I can think of on top of my head. I, I was fortunate enough to be in that, uh, to help that band, The Lost Project. Oh, okay. They, uh, they went on a tour and I filled in for bass for them. Oh, cool. It was a couple years ago, but uh, that was right when I started Fish Brain. So I was lucky enough to actually get to play like all around the U.S. With That's them. awesome. Um, and I would just do it by myself because my band didn't get to go with me. Yeah. But uh, I got to, you know, sell some CDs and give away some shirts. And Yeah. Shout out to Jason and Nick at Lost Project. Love you guys. Awesome. What did you have any tour stories that you can tell? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they were awesome. I think the best thing about tour is you're going around and um, people just reach out and they're so hospitable. Hospi- yeah, I mean, hospitable. hospitable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, people would offer to feed us, and cool. of course, everyone wants to smoke us out and <laughs> buy us drinks, and it's like it's super cool. I I didn't know what to expect going to the East Coast. I had never really left Texas besides maybe yeah. going to Mexico for like just some food or something. Yeah, but um, I mean, the further you go east, um, the more different uh, people talk and less twang and less yeah. y'all, and you say something like "thanks y'all," and they look at you like Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and um we i remember eating lots of ham sandwiches uh drinking lots of paps which oh, i would yeah. never do now i mean but if it's free it's free yeah and they like give it to you when you leave texas it's just handed out everywhere it's like water that's awesome that's cool it's, it's uh it's cool to hear that like you know people still you know are are hospitable to to local band or not local band but to bands touring outside yeah, very much so it's it's really nice. Yeah. Um, I had a, I lived with a, a girl or a woman who was friends with a lot of bands and there'd be times where I would wake up and like, there'd be a band on my couch watching like twilight or something. Yeah. yeah. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's cool that, I mean, that was 10 years ago and it's cool that it's still, you know, it's still something that happens now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to live, uh, in a house with the last nighters when I was in their band and we would totally, every show we played uh, with the touring band, we would offer our couch and our floors and air mattresses. And That's cool. Yeah. It's like, uh, we, we hope they would do the same. Yeah. We went to their town. So yeah. There trying was, to connect there. That's yeah. I think that's, that's such an important thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, that people forget about when they're looking to bigger bands, you know, they forget about the community aspect of it. Like you just met this band this night and you know, they're staying yeah. at your house. Yeah. You want to come, come sleep over. Yeah. <laughs> there is this hardcore band. I think they're called trash talk. Um, I remember, I think that's the name of the band, but they, they played here in San Antonio and their hotel like didn't go through. So they literally went up and they're like, does anybody want us to like, does anybody want to let us stay at their house? Yeah, so a bunch of people raise their hands. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you like the bands, who wouldn't love that? It's yeah, like a dream come true. Will you sign sign my record? Or yeah, anything? fair trade. <laughs> so when you uh, you said you went all around the U.S., so West Coast and East Coast. No, nah, we didn't oh. go too far west. Oh, okay. Actually, we kind of cut it straight up. Like I think we went from Ohio or um, somewhere like that straight back down to Texas. Okay, what was your favorite it's city a great to play experience. in? 
Um, I really liked like Washington D.C. Oh, cool. Yeah, I thought that place was interesting, and um, I, you know, I'm not a real big like history buff or anything, but actually walking around and looking at some of those big uh, monuments and stuff was it was pretty cool. That's cool. What? Uh, how, how about the crowd? Like, what's which cities had the best crowds? Um, let's see. I liked Florida a lot. Oh um, yeah, Atlanta had a great crowd. Um, it's kind of like um more relaxed in the south for me at least and my vibes and yeah i think you know we played new york and i did not have fun oh really <laughs> like it's fun being in new york but the crowd is such a tough crowd it's feels like they hate you the oh, whole really? time <laughs> yeah i'm like maybe we weren't playing well or something but it was rough i remember being like i can't wait to go back home <laughs> play for my friends again yeah was it like, did you feel like they just weren't easily impressed or do you just feel like they, they were just assholes? I think they just don't, <laughs> they don't groove as hard as in the South. Like oh, we're, yeah. we're just more, we move and clap and, and yeah. they have their arms crossed. It's almost like an Austin. Okay. I was yeah. going to bring that up actually. Yeah. I mean, we, we just went to Austin, like I said, um, for that tinfoil hat comedy show with yeah. Sam Tripoli and Eddie Bravo. And, um, it wasn't so bad because it's a comedy show. We we're uh -huh. all sitting down anyways and drinking and laughing. And yeah. But uh, we've played shows. I've played shows with other bands in Austin. And you get the arms crossed and you yeah. think, wow, we're bombing. We're not doing well. And then when you get off, they're like, that was awesome. We loved it. <laughs> and they pay well. And then it's just a different reaction or something. Yeah. And I, I always, because I've lived in Austin. I lived in Austin for five years. And um, then I moved back here. And... It's a weird dynamic just because I, I'm not going to talk shit about eat any city individually like that, but it is a whole different vibe. And I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, like they're just too cool to dance up there. But sometimes it feels that way. Yeah. There's just, I don't know. It's a group think. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like there's that video of the, the one dude standing up in the crowd and just shaking it and yeah. dancing hard. And then everyone starts dancing. They zoom out and like literally everyone's yeah. dancing. I think but that's probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's how it is. If everyone has their arms crossed and standing still, you can't, you don't want to stick out and yeah. be that one guy trying to push and mosh around. Yeah. <laughs> They'll just look at this know, asshole. Stiff arm you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the other way too, because I feel like I've gone to shows and like I'll be like tired and I just want to listen and everyone's going crazy. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll, I'll move around and dance. And before I know it, I'm knee deep in it. I'm about yeah, it. Front row. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a cool, it's an interesting dynamic between, and then it's funny because you do see a lot of like touring acts um, who acknowledge that. I feel like San Antonio's got really good crowds. Yeah. And I know I'm speaking from a bias, but I've had several bands where I see them in both Austin and San Antonio and they talk about San Antonio. Yeah. And they'll like, jump out into the audience yeah and it's just more intimate i really like it too because in austin there's different venue vibes different rules yeah the green room is off limits whereas here they might just leave the door open the whole time oh yeah <laughs> like come on in if you want an <laughs> autograph if you're not too shy yeah that's cool um it's just uh i i just think that like um you know between the two cities i i, I think san antonio is has this the sense of like we don't get a lot of big acts to come in so when they do come in we're gonna make sure that they come back that's true yeah yeah absolutely built to spill yeah my girlfriend's favorite one of my old favorites i didn't think i'd ever get to see them i've seen them twice at paper tiger oh yeah that's yeah, right I mean, they just yeah they played so it's right twice in like a year right mm -hmm. they must really like it i think we're doing we're proving ourselves yeah worthy. i saw them at uh, a south by event south by san jose they played after ben queller which was dope it was wow. a cool back-to-back -back. yeah 
Um, but uh, but yeah, they're a band I never thought would have come to San Antonio again. And um, I know the Mountain Goats were here last year, and they said they went on Twitter and like this is the best show we've ever played. Yeah, they partied hard. They partied. You were into that? No, no, oh. I didn't. But I definitely actually saw that too. They like shouted us out. Yeah, that was so cool. I'm just so glad, and I'm I'm glad that people are are going to the shows. You know, sometimes like I a band will come in and I'm not really into them, but I like like them enough to where like I feel obligated to go to make sure that. They will come back later and right. maybe bring other people with them, you know. They better. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I think Waves has come a couple of times. And they're a band I wouldn't, I never expected to come to San Antonio. Yeah, same. But they seem to like it. Yeah, they had, they had fun. <laughs> um, I saw them play with Joyce Manor. I love Joyce Manor personally. And, and Joyce Manor was just like, what the fuck is going on? This is nuts. Yeah. We're not even like the headliner. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that happens too. I'll go see a headliner and then the opener steals the show and i yeah. like i like them more than the, the headline yeah you know? but that's good what that's was kind of the competition thing do you remember the last example of that it was actually that boyo who i was talking oh about. yeah uh we had gone to see the band um who was playing that main stage i i'm actually just drawing forgot? a blank yeah that's how good <laughs> boyo is I was like wow gotta that, get those guys album that's cool that's cool i think the, the last time that happened for me was a band that i already kind of liked anyway we went to go see alkaline trio Newfound Glory was opening for them. And I've always associated Newfound Glory as like kind of like kitty. Yeah, yeah. But they're so fun live. Yeah. I couldn't help it. And I, I enjoyed them way more than Alkaline Trio. They are they have a polished sound. Yeah. Newfound Glory. I mean, you can hate on them if you want to. But I'm like, these guys are talented. My favorite thing about that show was there was this guy in there who looked like he was straight out of MS-13. He was just all tatted up. <laughs> he, he probably knew, was straight out of MS-13. He knew every Newfound Glory song. Every word. <laughs> And I remember it was like in November and I was wearing a hoodie and this dude grabbed my hoodie and like brought me down. And I was just like, so like bewildered. I'm just like, this dude like is singing songs that I associated with like little sister band, you know, yeah. but I was just like, all right, like he's cool. I'm, I, why am I, why do I think I'm too cool for this? You yeah, know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, we're, we're kind of, uh, reaching an end here. Um, is there anything you want to plug anything you want to add? Um, Fishbrain, we're gonna play a show at Sancho's next Saturday on the twenty eighth. Okay, from six thirty to eight thirty. Cool. Guess I'll plug that. Um, want to say love my girlfriend Emily Buck. Uh, All right, that was a lot of fun in Austin last night. Cool, <laughs> awesome. Wait, well, hey, um, Nick, thank you so much for being on. Um, I'm really looking forward to discover. Uh, so coming much. up next, we have Nick of Fishbrain playing Last Kiss. Thanks. Green. 
Baby, when- 